Welcome to Uncanonical, the Kinship Podcast. When something is canonical or accepted as canon, it refers to any inspired writings accepted as Holy Scripture. This is not that. This is stories of faith, stories of loss, and biblical stories told with many liberties taken. My name is Jacqueline, and today I am here with my good friend and soul sister, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for being here. <laughs> it is a pleasure. Thanks for being here all the way from Ontario. I came just for this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will believe that, but thank you for saying it anyway. <laughs> No, it's so good to be here. Yeah, it's been so great to spend some quality time together. For the listeners here, Nicole, golly, um, I'm trying to explain how Nicole came it's into my life. It's one of those, like, she's my, like, brother, stepdad's dogs, Twice cousins. removed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you kind of came into my life, not by accident, but sort of married into the family friend group of my childhood. Yes. And so I feel like even though we haven't known each other for too long, although it has been quite a few years now, I suppose, um, but in the grand scheme of things, not that long. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we were destined to be friends. Like I 100% immediately was drawn to you as a person because when you were still dating my well, good fa family friend, let's say family friend, sure pseudo cousin yes <laughs> um when you were still just dating you spent the first impression before i had ever even met you you had spent a bunch of time doing like prayer ministry sessions with my mom yep and i remember thinking like wow what a woman that like just getting into the family not even were you even engaged yet no <laughs> not <laughs> like six months into the relationship i was offered prayer ministry and i'm like Heck yes. <laughs> Get me in. <laughs> I'm down. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying. Like, I'm buying. Yeah. yeah. Except it's free. So <laughs> yeah, let's clarify that. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pay for it. But yeah. So like I remember just hearing about you first and my mom would come home and be like, oh yeah, I spent a bunch of time doing prayer ministry with Nicole. And now obviously she didn't go into any of the details, but I just remember thinking like, that's the coolest thing that normally people are like scared to meet the family, the extended family, friends, and you were like, let me just bear my soul to you, Godmom. <laughs> I mean, that's not Future. to say that I wasn't nervous, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but like I was at a point where I was also just like desperate for like any sort of healing. I'm like, cool, I'm I'll done. try that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just done with where your life was and you're like, okay, any, anything that can get me out of this. Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, let's jump in then. What, cool. Why don't you tell us a bit about what it was that was holding you back so much and what that looked like in your life at that time or earlier if we need to start backwards a bit. It's so hard to know where to begin because I have had a phobia almost my whole life and it's a phobia of vomiting. So not the funnest topic, but something that like I've talked about or that's affected me, I should say, my whole life. And in a big way. Yeah. So I had met Chris, who's family, your family friend, and we were dating for about six months, and he had always told me about his godmom and how, like, she does this, like, prayer ministry, and I had just, this phobia had kind of controlled large portions of my life up until this point, and I had done different therapies and seen different types of like psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers. And I learned some coping mechanisms, but like nothing really to take that fear away. It was more about learning how to live with it. Hmm. So yeah, Chris just told me, Hey, you know, this is something that my godmom does and she's really good at it. And, you know, she'd be happy to sit down with you. I'd never met her. Didn't even know what she looked like. <laughs> and I was just like, why not? <laughs> Let, let's jump right in. So yeah, like the day I met your mom, I just like walked into Chris's apartment. I was like, nice to meet you. I'm Nicole. Let me bear my soul. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. I thought there was some sort of precursor, but that was actually no. like the catalyst for you guys meeting that early was because you wanted their like prayer ministry. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I met her like the day. And I remember cause your mom is 
more of like the silent type. And so I remember at first I was so intimidated by her because she was so quiet and I'm so loud. And Mm, not knowing her daughter was about as loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, side note, like I was always told you have to meet Jacqueline, you guys are twins. Like (laughs) That's true, I forgot that part. Yeah, we were, everyone was like, you have to meet Nicole. I was like, who is this girl? And then, yeah, obviously the rest is history. But yeah, so like I walked in and Chris was there, Chris's mom was there, and then other family friend, Uli, was there at the time as well. I had met Uli before, so I felt like a little bit more comfortable, but yeah, we just kind of like started off. She gave me the sheet about like, okay, what have you, what has your generation like suffered from? Like parents, grandparents, like check all the boxes. I'm like, okay, here are like all of my skeletons in my closet. What's your name again? (laughs) (laughs) So that was, uh, that was interesting, but it was really cool. I mean, we didn't dive too, too deep the first day, but we clicked immediately. I mean, at one point it was just the two of us and everyone else went to Timmy. Sometimes it's easier to do ministry just one-on-one. And I just like fell in love with your mom. Like she was just, she's just so kind and non-judgmental, and, you know, I could basically tell her anything and she didn't even bat an eye and just wanted to help so that's why it's so funny you're like oh I was really intimidated I'm like oh my mom I know I know (laughs) in hindsight I mean I totally understand you saying that but in hindsight it's like no no like she's literally the last person in the world to be intimidated by like she was just oh so wonderful so fell in love with her so we started doing regular sessions because I told her about this phobia Mm -hmm. and Going into my childhood was so fascinating. And in ministry, God will reveal memories that you might have potentially forgotten about or pushed away, or it was so insignificant that you didn't even think that it could relate to, you know. A spiritual root of some kind or, Exactly. So one of the really interesting things that we discovered is that a huge, like, root of this therapy is when I was seven years old and I had the stomach flu and I remember I woke my parents up in the middle of the night and long story short my mom took care of me but I saw my dad get out of bed grab his pillow kind of back away and kind of look at my mom like you got this right like I'm gonna go sleep in the other room so little seven-year-old Nicole unknowingly or unbeknownst or whatever the word is saw her father afraid of her when she was sick and didn't even put two and two together until like I was in my mid twenties and sitting with your mom doing ministry. And it was just, well, that makes sense. Of course. You saw your dad being scared of something. And so immediately you were like, well, that's something to be feared, but not immediately. That's the thing that was crazy. Subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So I was totally fine. Like I had the flu, I recovered, I was fine. And it wasn't until two years later that I was having a conversation with some friends and just the topic of throwing up after getting off like a roller coaster came up and like something inside me, it was like the first time I felt that anxiety just like Mm -hmm. building in my stomach. And I remember I didn't understand it. I didn't, I was like, oh, that equals fear. And I, no idea why, but from that moment on, I was so afraid of throwing up if anyone at school or any of my friends or family got the stomach flu i had read or my dad might have told me because he's a doctor also (laughs) a doctor that's afraid of getting sick (laughs) that's a whole other layer but that basically like you can catch it within three days so i would always you know the moment i was exposed to someone i'd be like checking the calendar and like the time and like I I didn't feel safe until like that three days was up and I hadn't gotten sick and I would wonder is this going to be the night I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going to be sick and it was the level of like the severity of the fear was up and down throughout my life like there were some points in my life where it didn't affect me hugely but then there were other points in my life where I was afraid to even leave the house for fear of being nauseous outside of my home. Mm. So certain areas of my life were really affected. And 
I really didn't, like I said, like I really didn't like fully deal with it until I met your mom and I understood that these fears can come in and fear is not from the Lord. And like there is, healing is actually real and can happen. And that's why you work through these layers of where did it come from and how can Jesus bring healing? So there's so many layers to the story that like I have, to, I have to go back and think. But one of the biggest, busiest years of my life was when Chris and I got married. So Weddings will do that to you. And it was everything in that year. So in 2014, we got engaged. We bought a house. We moved into that house and out of our apartments. We got married, went on a honeymoon. And, oh, and we went to Florida just so much travel in this year too. It was just, it was nonstop. And also side note, I'm in sales and in my job, I was doing really well that year. And I was on track to make President's Club, which is a like free trip for two to Hawaii for a week. So I was also like working so hard at my job and I did make it, which was awesome. And that was another trip to Hawaii. <laughs> so like we went to Florida, we went to St. Lucia, we went to Hawaii all in one year and we got engaged, we got married, we got a house, we moved out, we moved in. Like it was just <gasps> like bam, 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 bam. And so that Hawaii trip was at the beginning of December, 2014. And it was almost like, as soon as we got home, I just crashed mm. like mentally, physically, spiritually. I just completely crashed. I ended up going to the doctor and she gave me like time off work. So I took a leave of absence. And when I get stressed, my body reacts in my stomach, which is my fear. Mm. And so I just went down this spiral of feeling so sick all the time, therefore feeling anxious and I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to see friends. I didn't want to see family. And so, and then I got depressed. And most of my friends at the time did not understand. And I went through a lot of canceling plans last minute, not showing up to important events for my friends. And that understanding just wasn't there of the anxiety and the depression and this phobia that I was just like suffering from every day. And I could barely take care of myself, let alone taking care of my friends at that point. And so it was just a really dark time. And it was also really sad because I had just gotten married to the yeah. love of my life. And then I'm just it's supposed to be the best year. Like you're still in the honeymoon phase and you're like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot, brain. <laughs> yeah. Basically like crash, boom on the couch. And so there's two parts of this. So there's the physical side and there's the spiritual side. So the physical side is a long story, but I'm going to keep it super short. Ended up being really intolerant to dairy and gluten. So through a lot of testing and whatnot, um, I cut that out and it, really helped with the stomach problems. So that was awesome. The spiritual side of things um, and my mental health, I was still like so afraid <laughs> of throwing up. And I actually got the stomach flu in January of 2015. So right after I started my leave of absence, got the stomach flu, willed myself to not throw up. I self-medicated all the time, not just stomach flu, but I self-medicated every time I felt nauseous. Gravel, Pepto-Bismol, Tums, kept everything in my purse at all times. Like I always just like popped a gravel, like it was a tic-tac when I was feeling nauseous. Like I was just so afraid of it ever getting to the next step. And so I just remember like laying in like the fetal position on my bed. I wouldn't even take a bowl because that was like in my mind admitting defeat that yep. this might happen and I was so I just willed myself I am not going to and I didn't and I felt sick for probably a full week and probably could have only had that for 24 hours if I had let it happen and I just couldn't so there's a lot of control issues in there as well that you know we dug deeper into with that fear so then 
we did this like healing ministry retreat thingy with LL Ministries. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> this is not an ad. <laughs> not LL as in like the letter L, the letter L. It's like E L L E L, like a yes. word. Yeah. Yes. I always clarify because people are like, L- what does LL stand for? I'm like, no, 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 no. You can see it written out, but it's a podcast. You can't, I can't like put this in the subtitle. <laughs> A hundred percent. And I remember when I first heard of it, I Googled like LL and like nothing came up. And like I'm like, two L's. And yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. So E-L-L-E-L, highly recommend, look it up. So Chris and I, we did like our own individual healing ministry and we uncovered another layer of my phobia and it was really cool. And I was a little bit hesitant about it at first because it is literally it's called ministry into the womb and I was like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) I think I had to say a similar reaction maybe less less skeptical because I've been around my mom so long fair but when I heard it too I was like I'm sorry you pray through what exactly yeah like I've been out of the womb for like at that point it'd been like 26 years so yeah what um so they literally you know you close your eyes and they ask the Lord to reveal to your spirit what was going on when you were in the womb like what your senses were like what you were sensing kind of like on a spiritual level yeah yeah yes sounds very hippy dippy but bear with us audience (laughs) yes yes it does sound very hippy dippy and i'm not trying to sell anyone on this this is just part of your story part of my story exactly and so they took me through you know month one in the womb month two month three and um everything was like fairly normal and straightforward up until my birth, which I had had some knowledge of from my parents, but not all. And so I just, in that ministry, remember feeling a lot of fear when my mom was in labor and she was pushing and there was just like a lot of darkness around me and So something that I had completely forgotten from my birth story is that I, I had the cord wrapped around my neck, which was one thing. And then the other thing is I had the fancy nicer term for it is meconium aspiration. Is that when you inhale fecal matter? Yes. Yep. Yes. (laughs) I had a friend whose baby did that like six months ago. So, and then it was on like a oxygen for yeah, a while after that. So yes. Yep. So that (laughs) happened to me it's pretty common but it still sounds gross (laughs) and it is something I had never even put two and two together I'd completely forgotten that was part of my birth story but sure enough when I'm going through this ministry I'm feeling like I can't breathe Mm -hmm. and then going back to remembering when I had the stomach flu when I was seven that was another theme too was feeling like I was sick and I couldn't breathe in between. And that was something that stuck with me. So when they brought me through my birth and it was the same thing, I was like, what? I remember this. Yeah. Like this feels so familiar. And so this fear entered my life at birth, this fear of not being able to breathe. And as much as we don't remember in our heads what happened when you know when we were born when we were babies when we were toddlers our spirit remembers everything and it's like a baby animal you know something happens to it and if that thing goes to happen again it's gonna be scared it's gonna react and they but they don't know any differently and they probably don't remember why they're reacting that way but they Mm -hmm. are and so that was a huge eye-opener for me but what was really healing is one of the questions that is asked during this ministry at each stage of the pregnancy is where was Jesus? Mm. And so I was born, I was whisked away. I wasn't allowed to see my mom, wasn't allowed to see my dad. Huge feeling of abandonment, neglect, rejection. And God just showed me this vision of me laying in the incubator, in the NICU and Jesus was just standing like over top of my incubator, just glowing and smiling. And my little baby fist was holding onto his finger. And (laughs) it was just so beautiful. And I just knew 
like in my heart that I had never been abandoned. I had never been neglected. Mm. I'd never been left alone and that Jesus was there the entire time. Mm, And that was like, I know. Words can't even describe how powerful that was. So that was a huge layer in my healing journey as well, is that it wasn't just the fear of throwing up, but it was, I saw my earthly father abandon, I putting in air quotes, me, when I was sick. And you tend to, you know, project your earthly father onto our heavenly father. And so I had subconsciously been feeling like, God was going to abandon me if I was sick. If I couldn't breathe, God wasn't going to be there. And Jesus just showed me, like, I've always been here. Ah, I'm getting, like, choked up. So that was that was a huge step forward. And there were some other layers. And we did this whole ministry program in England. And I won't, like, get into details about that. But there were just so many layers that we went into there. And the amount of times that the feeling of not breathing also coincided with like neglect and abandonment was just insane. Another memory that God brought back to me when we were at this healing ministry in England, I was around four years old and I was crying, crying, crying for my parents in bed. It was nighttime. Um, I don't even know why I was crying for my parents. I had a lot of anxiety as a kid as well. And I know now that they were trying to let, let her cry it out right? And so I cried to the point where I threw up in bed. And again, abandonment, throwing up, not being able to breathe. And it's not just revealing those memories, but then you pray into those memories and you ask God for healing and, and it comes and it, it's been coming in layers and layers and layers. And I went from a point in my life where I didn't want to leave the house for fear of feeling nauseous and always having gravel and Pepto-Bismol on me to we're out here in Calgary like on a trip we just went camping for two weeks I don't even have Pepto-Bismol I have gravel because I have a pharmacy in my purse as many women do yeah but I can't even I, I can't even tell you the last time I took a gravel I don't even know I haven't self-medicated in so long. And even on our trip, I had one day where I felt so sick. I actually felt like I might throw up and I didn't take a gravel and I just laid down and I let it pass. I still get a little bit of like tingly anxiety, but it's not debilitating. And I pushed through it. And I I wanna say one more thing because my husband also played a huge role in this. He's a paramedic, and so he has, like, a lot of, like, healthcare knowledge. And so he had told me that the body usually doesn't want to throw up because it takes a lot of energy. And so most of the time when we feel sick as human beings, like, it's going to naturally pass. And I never let it naturally pass. I always took something. So I always equated... I feel better because I took gravel. I feel better because I took Pepto. So I slowly, this is rewinding a few years. I'm not telling the story in order anymore, but I slowly tested the theory and allowed myself to feel nauseous until I felt better. And I did that enough times that I started to see the proof Mm. that, okay, this is like, God gave me the best partner. Mm. I can't, I can't, that could be a whole other podcast about our I could have all my friends on about how great their husbands are. Like I, just, <laughs> I know I brag all the time to my like friends and my other, I'm like, oh, all my friends picked the best husbands. Like <laughs> I'm so lucky to just like watch them all. Like, every time they're walking down the aisle, I'm like, mm, mm-hmm, nice. Yeah. Good. This yes, makes sense. Great. Or like, they marry someone I'm like I have a lot in common with them because like opposites attract and so like yeah. we're friends and then they marry someone who I like get along with because we're actually kind of similar and I'm like yep. nice a new best friend so <laughs> well that's why you and I get along so well is because Chris <laughs> is so opposite so yeah. and then you and I are so similar yeah that's true so that is a version of <laughs> that is like a shortened tale of my like healing journey with the Lord. That's amazing. And I only just, like, it's so funny. I mean, I said we're friends because you 
started doing healing ministry with my mom. But I mean, again, like healing ministry is pretty personal and I didn't know you at the time. So I never really asked yeah. what it was, like what you were going, <laughs> hi, you just bared your soul to my mom. Um, would you care to do that? All my turn. Me? Yeah, I'd like to know, can I be privy to like, so I, we just never really talked about it. And I, again, like you, because you guys live farther away, I think I knew there was stages where you were like, oh, she's on medical leave or like, oh, she's not feeling well. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, that, sorry to hear that. Like, that's obviously, that means something's not going well, but I'm not, I'm not getting like the prayer requests. Like she's in can't, she has cancer. She's going to get you like, right. so I was like, oh, okay, well that's, you know, whatever that is, will will be what it will be. And so I've seen this journey sort of from a distance. So you started doing prayer ministry a little bit with my mom, you know, before you guys were even engaged. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe more like the healing journey is never done, but it sounds like yeah. kind of the fruition of dealing with the worst of this phobia mm-hmm. came later into that. Where was that pivotal moment? Or like, was it sort of just layer upon layer upon layer and like a little bit of practicing, not medicating and a little bit of this that yeah. kind of did it? I would say that there were a few pivotal moments and you're right. Like healing isn't, healing isn't a straight line and it also isn't always permanent. And, and the reason I say that is because like we live in a dark world, you know, there's other spirits at play here that don't love the Lord and that are always trying to take us down. So, you know, you can receive healing, but you also need to fight to stay that way. Mm. So I think that I've received a lot of healing and have had a lot of pivotal moments. And then it's almost like you take two steps forward and one step back and two steps forward and one step back. And I think that it's really important to keep digging into layer after layer because sometimes it isn't just, boom, I'm healed. And like, that's what we see in the movies and that's what we see on TV and that's what's like exciting. And those are the things that I think churches talk about is you should have been there. Like I just touched his head and he was healed. And it's not always like that. Mm -hmm. It does come in stages. It is in layers, but God wants to help us, but we also have to be willing. And I think that every time that I had ministry, I was a little bit more willing because Mm. part of my fear was also, I had mentioned this earlier, like, giving up control because I felt in control by not allowing myself to throw up. And so I had to keep giving God the control over Mm. and over and over again until it, it started to, it was almost like, it wasn't almost like it was like, I wasn't trusting the (laughs) Lord. So I also had to, go through a journey of learning to trust him and understanding his character and knowing that he's not my my dad Mm -hmm. and that he is trustworthy and that he has been taking care of me he will continue to take care of me and that I can trust in that so I think that's the short answer to your question is that there was never this one boom I'm healed it was over time and I started to realize I'm nauseous and I'm not shaking. Mm. And that was cool. <laughs> Just this slow realization of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, am I okay? I'm okay. Yeah. I think I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you almost get that like, <gasps> wait. Should I be afraid? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is wrong. This is yeah. not what my body does. Yeah. Yeah. This is not my natural reaction. And, you know, to be completely honest, I do think that there are still a few more layers. Sure. I don't think I'm fully there, but have I come a long way? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm a different person than I was five years ago. Well, and you're back to work and you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you can see your friends, you're out camping, like even just those things that right. you were the biggest symptoms or outcomes of what was going on internally yeah a lot of that is is okay now like that's yeah that's the big 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 hindrances have been you know resolved for lack of a better word in 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 the biggest in the big ways obviously like you said there's so many layers and you talked about trust um i could do a whole other episode in my own life (laughs) honestly even just in the last like few months of my journey of trust it is i did a whole sermon on it at my church actually so it's there's a video of there out there of it 
love. It's a wild time. But you know what? I don't want to glaze over what you said about how the church kind of gives off this vibe of one-touch healing magic. Right. And only because a large part of this podcast is sort of like debunking some of the like weird vibes and things that the church has like put out there or like the cultural way that North America like views the church. And I say views the church like that's not, there are plenty of churches that that's their thing or that's what they give off. Yep. But I think it's so much more accurate and so much more helpful to talk about healing in the continuum Mm -hmm. way that you just described it because I think a lot of people are put off by faith in the church and like Christian claims in general when it's like, oh, you just do healing. Oh, you will like, oh, that's fake or oh, that's all televised and over dramatized. And it's like, uh, well, I mean, I hear. Yeah, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying on that. And so to acknowledge that it's a journey and it comes from a willingness and an acknowledgement of very real hurts in your life. And it's you know, it's not just hocus pocus and like you cut out gluten and dairy. Like there's science in your life that yeah. also applies. Like it's not like and magically one touch and everything is fine. Like not that I don't believe that those levels of miracles can and do happen. Right. But that's not like I don't know that God's in the business of fixing all of our problems all the time. Like exactly that's like a weird way to understand faith. Like instead of just seeing where Jesus was in those moments to yeah. imagine that. He's like, and no problems for you. Like, that's not biblical. No. Literally, there's Bible verses that are like, in this world, you will have trouble. It's like, because we still live in a world that, yeah, a lot of other powers are at play. And so to acknowledge that you were like, it was multi-layered. Like, my husband had to teach me facts and figures that helped. And I had to figure out what food things were causing me issues. Right. But also, there was a very real, very debilitating part of your life that was resolved with spiritual roots. And I think that's the amazing healing power of the God that we worship, the God that we have. And I think it's also worth re-acknowledging what you said too about like you had gone to psychologists, gone to like, and I don't ever want to knock therapy. Um, no. Yeah. Therapy is good. Go to therapy. (laughs) Like it, and it helped. It really did help. It helped me cope Mm -hmm. with my fear. Whereas I feel like the Lord has slowly shaved that fear away so I don't have to cope with it. Yeah. It's getting to the roots and healing those roots. And I know that a lot of times in therapy, people will be like, okay, let's think back. Let's go over your childhood. But I can't put any better words to it besides the fact that there's just like no comparison to the Lord coming in. And when you're like, here, God, here's my hurts. Yeah, that absolutely devastated me. And I want you to take that pain away. I don't want to carry that anymore. And he's like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Let me bring that restoration into your life. It's so much faster than therapy. Yes. I don't know if you want to disagree with that. No. (laughs) (laughs) But like in my own life, yeah, all the times where I was like sorting through something, working through something, working through something, it's like long, arduous, hard, whatever. And then like there have been big pivotal moments or like after a series of smaller moments where all of a sudden like within one prayer session or like one year of whatever the case may be, depending on the size of what you're dealing with, like actual physical change. Yeah. Like there's a healing story. And I think I probably talked about it somewhere else, but like, yeah, my brother and I had healing between the two of us and we were fighting one day and the next weekend we went to my grandparents' house and they were like, oh, it's so nice how well they get along. And my mom was like, whose kids do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Those aren't my kids. My kids don't get along, but like instantaneously because all of us and it took about a year to break like behavioral habits and right and whatnot but there was instant change to you know like your countenance and your demeanor and like the weight of your soul and your spirit like you can just carry yourself differently and like all of a sudden you're like I'm not panicking right now wow (laughs) yeah yeah exactly a hundred percent and I do, I, I just, I really want to emphasize that when you were saying about, you know, the church and the like instant healing and, you know, I have cancer and now I don't like God can do that. God has done that. It's biblical. There's examples all around the world. But I think that what's important is that we don't try and get in God's head and understand why he, you know, instantly heal some people and not others 
we will never understand God. He's God. <laughs> and if we understood, we would be, and we're not, the end. Yep. Exactly. And But that doesn't make him love you any less. It just means that your story looks different. And one of my favorite Bible verses, and I'm going to paraphrase because I am so bad at memorizing Bible verses, but it's Romans 5, 3 to 5, which talks about rejoicing in your suffering because it's the suffering that builds your character and your endurance and basically, you know, makes you the person that you are and you can trust in God. And I love that verse so much because I look back to the time that I was so depressed that I was, you know, I had those stereotypical like depression moments because depression is, comes in many different forms, but I would be laying in bed in the dark, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to see anyone. And I now see the person I am because I went through that. And it is so weird to say this, but I actually am grateful to God that I went through the seasons of darkness that I went through because I have grown so much because of it. And now if I'm having a dark season or a bad day or I'm not feeling well, I remember that verse and I truly do try to rejoice even when I'm feeling awful. And it's almost like I try and look at future Nicole and just you're going to benefit from that future Nicole. Like you're going to benefit from this time. And that's why that's my favorite verse. <laughs> that's amazing. That's hard to do. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't always work. Yeah. But. <laughs> Appreciate your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's it's so good to remind yourself of scripture in the dark times yeah because we will have dark times yeah that's a given life is not going to be all rosy and glossy and i think that it's learning where is god during the dark times Mm -hmm. and the more god shows me where he's been and where he is the more i know he will continue to be there that's so true too like not just the developing character which is yeah 100 percent biblical but also the more that you go through a tough time and see that god was working in it the more you're like oh i've got trust like the yeah. big dark nights of my soul where god was faithful and showed up and you know like you can just you can handle so much more right like it's like it's endurance training for your spiritual muscles yeah you know like this weight is really heavy but God's stronger. Yes. I can, I can make it through this because I know he's there or I'm going to look for him in these moments because you know that he's been there through the past ones. Yeah. So suddenly your like awareness is heightened. 100%. Our God is so much bigger than anything else in this world. And that's another, that's another one of my mantras. If I ever do feel afraid, which happens, I'm human. I just also, God is, God is bigger. God's bigger than my fear. God is bigger than this dark room that feels scary in this moment for whatever reason. God's bigger than that. So, were you a Veggie Tales kid? Yes. <laughs> Do you know? Are you also thinking of this song like God is, is bigger, bigger than, than the boogeyman? boogeyman. He's, He's bigger than, than Godzilla and, and the monsters on TV. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who's not from a Christian upbringing, if they're listening to this episode, is going to be like, mm, they're in a cult. It's a cult. This is a cult. <laughs> It's just talking cucumbers and tomatoes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Whatever. We all bonded over weird kids TV shows. Jesus ones or otherwise. Oh, so <sighs> good. I can't even. You obs- should do another episode just on reminiscing on Veggie Tales. <laughs> I, I, oh, uh, I, yep. I could Jacqueline do that. Jacqueline is taking notes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm always taking notes. That's the secret. It's like the Hulk. I'm always taking notes. I'm always angry. And you know what? I don't know if it's like too much of a segue, But I also wanted to, as you were talking about like being grateful in those trials and looking to future Nicole and, Mm -hmm. and the difference between God sometimes healing instantly and 100% and sometimes it's a journey. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that's hard about healing as it relates to faith specifically is that I know a lot of people, like an unfortunate number of individuals who come from the church background or grew up in the church and 
are struggling with especially physical health, um, mm -hmm. but mental health too. And it's almost like they were sold a promise of like, God will bring healing. Mm -hmm. And you have to sort of balance the faith that God can with an understanding that he's still God and will do right. what he will do. Because I think too many people in faith communities are so quick and so adamant to say, God will bring healing, like just have faith. God will absolutely heal yeah. that thing in the way that you expect, in the timing you expect. And so when he doesn't, it's this huge rug out from under your feet mm -hmm. moment of like, well, every single person said that I would get this certain thing in this certain way and I didn't. So clearly either they're disillusioned or God's not real or he isn't the character that they're saying he is. Yeah. And I think that that's a bit of an unhelpful behavior that needs to be tempered. I don't want to say like stopped. I just think that like, do we pray for healing? 100%. Absolutely. Right. Always. We're told to pray. Of course. Without ceasing and pray for, you know, miracles. And I'm, one of the coolest things I learned how to do in Bible college was to pray the Bible, like find exam, like basically like be a lawyer about it find precedent yeah. for the thing you're praying for and then like pray into that. Yeah. And so I think that's amazing and we absolutely should. I just think that there's a lot to be said about walking with people through what they're going through and their struggles. Yeah. Instead of putting a blanket of, well, I'll pray for you or well, just pray for healing. Or if you're not being healed, it's because you're not praying enough. Right. Or if you're not being healed, you're not open. You're not doing the work. Right. I love telling these kinds of stories because, and anyone who knows me will know, that so much of my life has been impacted and I am the mostly confident, carefree, like, <laughs> say that with a grain of salt, like, woman that I am today because of so much healing. Like, my family yeah. ties are so strong because of healing and, like, I've seen the amazing things it can do, but I've also seen too much pain with people who were chastised for not being healed for some reason, like, it's their right. fault. Exactly. And I think that's so important, exactly what you said about coming alongside and walking people through the darkness, because I didn't have a lot of that. I lost, I lost like three good friends that were in my bridal party because they just couldn't understand why I kept canceling events. They didn't feel important. And unfortunately that fed into like the stigma of if you're sick you're abandoned yes that and also meant that that was poo. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay bomb drop not where you were going with that oh my bad okay my but bad. also yeah um again it like it reaffirms your fears yes 100 percent. but also feeds into the stigma of mental illness. Mm. And so probably one of the reasons that you didn't know what was going on with me is because I became comfortable only telling people about my physical symptoms because it seemed more accepted. Mm. And I tried being so open and honest with these three friends about my anxiety, about the depression, about the phobia and how it was affecting my life and was just met with a lot of resistance. There was a lot of understanding at first, but it was almost like the longer that I suffered, they were like, oh, can't you just like be done with this already? Can you just be better? Oh like, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that it's so important, like these, these podcasts and these testimonies are so important, but what is also so important is to talk to the people during the trial and I think God had people like your mom and my husband and Uli, other family friend, that just cast no judgment and just wanted to help me feel better. And if I needed to cry every day for a month, I wasn't a burden on them. And I just think it's so important to just give people grace and understanding and just walk alongside your friends mm -hmm. in the dark times. I think it's important too to say like alongside that, like there's definitely wisdom in having healthy boundaries. Yes. I think it's hard because people 
will take something very personally. Like it sounds like they were like, well, we're not important to you as opposed to acknowledging mental health for the very serious health. Like if you had cancer and you were in the hospital going through chemotherapy and you were like, I can't come to this important event because I'm going through chemotherapy right now. Yeah. Less people would be mm-hmm. like, you just don't love me anymore. It's like, cause you can see it. Yeah. And when you can't see it, it's just so much. A hundred percent. I think that if those friends had come to me and said, we know you're going through a lot right now. Unfortunately, you know, whoever we're going through a lot too. And we just don't have the capacity to be what you need us to be right now. Cause essentially that is, that's what I said to them. And I can, I can go back and wish, you know, a million different things happen different ways, but I was flat out told, I know your anxiety is important, but I'm important too. And there was just so much misunderstanding because it wasn't that my anxiety was important. It was that it was all consuming and I had no control over it. I couldn't turn it on and off. I couldn't switch it off, be there for my friend and then switch it back on. If I could do that, I would keep the switch off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do think, yeah, it's life is just a funny thing. Boundaries are healthy. Be kind. Yeah. And I think even like bringing it full circle, I think especially from a faith based perspective, there is so much value to prayer, to healing and to addressing the very real spiritual things that either we know about or we didn't know about and walking alongside of people yeah. through a journey that may lead to healing. It may lead to different healing than you were expecting. It will also be a journey that is wrought with trials off and on you know, yeah. throughout your life. And so the community that comes with church, I think, is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And, and that's definitely where I think the healing journey has started. And I think it's so great to get those tools. And like you said earlier, too, two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you going f- forward now that you've had so many different experiences with healing, but um, one of my favorite things about having so much history with praying through things, bringing them to the Lord, very tangible scripts or guidelines or like practice doing that mm-hmm. is that it's always great done in community, but there are moments where I'll just do that myself. Yep. I just can walk myself through that now. So when there's a one step back and I can see it now, mm-hmm. you know, that heightened awareness, that being a, like attuned to what's going on. Like now I'm like, oh, wow, that really hurt. Okay, God, I'm, I, ne- I need to forgive that person. Like, can you, here's what happened. Here's how I feel about that. Can you, like, I, I'm going to choose to forgive them, Lord. Can you bring mm-hmm. healing into that moment? Because I don't want to carry that weight anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, that one step back doesn't last as long. That one yeah. step back doesn't pile more on to existing wounds and become another layer that you have to peel off later. Like something happens and it adds on and you're like, nope, scrub that off. Like yep, yep. get the magic eraser. Like, let's go. Like also not sponsored. Um, like just, <laughs> you know, you don't so good. keep dealing with those things. So once you've done a lot of the heavy work to get rid of, like to pull through some of the biggest wounds you have and now you're aware of what they are, you're aware of the things that might add those layers. You can just go straight to God and be like, take it, take it, yep. take it. I don't want that anymore. And you can yep. keep yourself in like a healthier place. You can walk other people through that going forward. And I just love that so much. And it's one of my favorite things about hearing people who have been through healing journeys. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do that more than once and that's okay too. I mean, there's one friend in particular that was a part of the story. I told you that I have had to forgive her multiple times and there's been multiple times that I have felt like okay that's it I'm done I've forgiven her I feel better wipe my hands clean move on and then another aspect of that hurt will be triggered and I'll feel that anger again so and that's okay too but I think that one of the themes is just that like healing is continual and not always instantaneous and that that's okay and that just letting God into help us heal those wounds is one of the most powerful things that we can have him do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm big into community as well. Like, so that if you can't see what you're letting build up in your life, Mm. someone else can. Yeah. Or if you don't know how, or you don't think you have the strength 
to pray through something on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got someone on speed dial that you yep. can say, can you pray for me in this? Can you pray with me yep. through this? And we'll tackle it together and yep. keep growing. Yep. Yeah. So if there's like one final point of, you know, maybe what's one of the most important things you've learned in this journey of yours and like this healing journey, what would that, what would that big takeaway be? I just think something to remember and that is something to constantly work on and was in one of your other podcasts is that our earthly father is not our heavenly father mm -hmm. and to just really try and dive into the word and be in prayer to get to know your heavenly father and to break those subconscious assumptions and feelings and wounds that you've been projecting onto your heavenly father from your earthly father because our earthly fathers are going to wound us we are all human we are not perfect and it is so natural to assume that god in heaven is the character of your dad and that's been a huge lesson for me as well so I think if I had to like leave off with anything, it would just be like continue to pursue your heavenly father and get to know his heart because it is just so vast and so different in every way than our earthly fathers. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Well, thanks for being here today, Nicole. Thanks for having me in your mom's closet, Jacqueline. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Viv has been a part of this whole thing, front to back. She's like, I brought you together. I let you record this episode in my closet. We, It's just like some beautiful bookends. Yeah. Except yeah. the story is to be continued. Yes. As always. Yeah, it's the end of book like one yeah. of this part. Yeah, volume one. <laughs> of a yet-to-be-determined amount of volumes. Yes. Of book. Thanks for listening to Uncanonical. If you have any questions or want to get a hold of us, you can email uncanonicalpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at uncanonicalpodcast. And to find all our new episodes, head to kinshipconference.com slash podcast. Like dry mouth, I can't even whistle right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>